morning our song shall rise to thee holy 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 merciful and mighty god in three persons blessed trinity holy 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 though the darkness hide thee though the eye of sinful man thy glory may not see only thou art holy there is none beside thee perfect in power in love and purity holy 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 lord god almighty all thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea holy 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 merciful and mighty god in three persons blessed trinity psalm 1 verse 2 but his delight is in the law of the lord and on his law he meditates day and night so up until this point in verse 1 it's entirely negative it's telling us what we are not to do but here in verse 2 there's the turn the blessed life if you want to experience blessedness then don't do this verse 1 and do this verse 2 now we don't really get the force of the the but in english but that that word is a strong it's really not so or to the contrary or it's actually a lot more stark than what comes through in english but his delight is in the law and that law is the famous word torah the instruction and we need to hear that word not as a dry, detached, cold legal code, but as fatherly instruction. Just like Proverbs chapters 1 through 9, this is what a loving father imparts to his children to protect them, to provide for them, to guide them. This is loving fatherly instruction. And if you're really, and there are three dominant images 
of God that come through in the Old Testament. And we have to keep all three in mind if we're going to have a holistic picture of who he is. It's God the king, the sovereign, the creator over all the universe. He's the king. He rules. He reigns in might and power, and his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But then there's also the image of God the husband, the one who loves his people, the one who compares their sinful pursuits of other gods to adultery. And this is the reality of the covenant. Our marriage covenants are parallel to or echoes of his covenantal love for his people. So it's all, we need to see God as king, God as husband, but then also the image of God as father. And that's what law is. Law is not detached legal code. Law is fatherly instruction. And the focus here is not on outward obedience to, to it. It's on inward delight. On his law, he delights. It's the delight of the heart. And whatever captures the heart controls the mind. His heart delights in it, so his mind meditates on it. And you know how this works. You don't have to be convinced or encouraged to think about the things you delight in. In fact, all of us have our daydream destinations. The place we go whenever our mind is free to wander. And those are windows into what our hearts delight in. And those what they do. They meditate. And so meditation is the key. On his law, he meditates day and night, morning and evening. He's thinking about these things. So what does it mean to meditate? Now, meditation means to turn over into, in your mind until your heart feels or grasp. And what I want to do this morning is just give you a couple different tools or resources to think about how you can meditate on the word day and night. One simple way is just to take a phrase of scripture and then repeat it, but put the emphasis on each word. You know how where you put the emphasis can really change the sense of the word so, for example, in John 2, verse 5, where Mary says, whatever he says to you, do it. You could actually take that little sentence and meditate on it by emphasizing each word and trying to wring out of each word as much scriptural truth as you can. So you say, whatever he says to you, do it. No matter what it is, he is he is the loving father, but he's the king. And so his word is supreme. So whatever, whatever he, who's the he, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last, the crucified, the risen one, whatever he, whatever he says, he's a God who speaks. He is there. He is not silent. He's giving you the gift of his word. Hear it. He speaks and it's to you. Whatever he says, to you. His word is personal address. It's not just generic history. It's not detached speculation. It's not 
random information. It is to you. You are being personally addressed, spoken to you. Whatever he says to you, do it. Do it. There's an application emphasis. He's commanding you things to do, not speculate on it, not debate it, not pontificate about it, but do it. And you see how just putting the emphasis on each word in that short sentence can really bring out a tremendous amount of spiritual reality and truth. That's one wonderful way to meditate. Another way, probably my The way that I find most helpful for me is I read a passage and then will ask myself three key questions. What does this passage tell me about God or Christ that should lead me to praise? What does this tell me about my fallen condition that I need to confess? And what does this tell me about how I should live, rejoice, trust, or change? How would my life be different if this passage was vividly and vibrantly real to me. This is the pathway to the blessed life. This is the way that the word can dwell richly in our hearts. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.